I will look deeper into that. Because if I start speaking and they didn't record, I cannot repeat myself. You get it now? All right, so now we start. In the, in the previous lectures, I've been looking at introduction uh, of Christ with Tabernacle, introducing Christ with Tabernacle. And we looked at um, the aim of these lectures. We looked at our doctrinal beliefs. We looked at CFT vision and vision statements. We looked at the benefits of being an overcomer, our faith and beliefs. Under them, you have some other subdivisions, which when you go through the lecture, you will see. But now we're looking at the origin of CFT. And we will cover in this session the origin of CFT. And CFT aims and objectives and the three means by which we achieve our objectives. And I will say that this can be used by every affiliate or any church under heaven that see this material as, you know, good for them or appropriate to them. Now, the origin of CFT. Why should we look at our origin? In every construction building or any project building, the foundation is the most important. Lack of knowledge of the foundation is consequential to wrong building. And many who are church leaders missed it because they forgot their foundation. When you are building, Paul says that I lay a foundation as an expert builder. And he says you all build on it and everyone should be careful what he builds. So it is necessary for a church to know how did we begin. What is our foundation? That will help us in our building. In the year 2000 and, um, in the 19, 1990, when the Lord started this church just 29 years ago, I said, I have a, I've told you the full history of the church, which I will do again during this week so that we can capture that for our own training purposes. I asked the Lord, how do I start this church? Because my understanding from the scripture is that when God calls you, you submit to the authorities, which I did. Now the authorities said to me, what God is sending you is more than us. So go. And that the Lord who sent you will give you instruction. And they said to me that when God has established what he sent you, then you will come back and you will be a blessing to us better. And they said something to me, if you stay here, we will kill you. What they mean by that is that our system will frustrate what God is sending you. You do not take a new wine and put it in an old wine skin. They're not saying that they physically killed me. Because that man of God gave me some ministers of God that I've known from 1969. In the same church where I was born. Who God raised and used mightily. But on, at the time that God raised me, those ministers are no more. They are still alive, but they are like dead. One of them became a drug addict. People that go use, I mean, when I say go use somebody, somebody who under the gift of tongues will be speaking Queen's English, and he had never left Ibadan. He will speak grammar that professor of English will be looking at dictionary to understand. But when it comes out of the pulpit, say that grammar to him. He doesn't understand it. By the gift of tongues, he ended up a drug addict. So therefore, I came to London and asked the Lord, what is going on here? How can I start church? I don't know how to start church. And Jesus said to me, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. This is where we ensued from. Matthew 16, 18 and 19. It says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hate will not overcome it, or shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, 
and whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Now, if you look at this statement that Jesus said to me as the foundation of this church, you will discover that everything that God does in this church is just fulfilling that. There is no power under heaven that have overcome this house. There is no mystical power that could stand before Christ with tabernacle. The places where people are afraid of the devil will penetrate, will run over it just like running through ordinary streets. We go into ventures that people dare to go when it comes to confronting the powers of darkness. Because this church is built on this statement Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But then he also went further to say, I will give you the keys, isn't it, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. No wonder I don't believe in praying for demon possessed. I believe in commanding demons, and they must be. Because it says here, Jesus said here, I give you the keys of heaven. Once you receive the keys of heaven, anything you bind is bound. You don't say bind, 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 bind for you to be bound. Anything you lose will be lose. You don't have to keep on saying lose, 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 lose for you to be lose. It is exactly as Christ did it. That is how we do it. Therefore, everyone called into this vision, both members, affiliates, and associates are bound to look at Jesus only. Your aim in life must be to become the walking Jesus on the streets of your cities. You should be the visible manifestation of the Jesus Christ now that cannot be seen except by His grace. This is the word the Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ, gave to me, to Apostle Williams, when he instructed him to start Christ with Tabernacle Church. Now remember these things from the word. Remember that one, the builder of our church is Jesus Christ. Not the pastor. Not the apostle. Not the general overseer. Not the archbishop. Not the bishop. Not the teacher. Not the evangelist or prophet. The builder of this church is Christ. Number two, you must remember the promise. The gate of hell cannot prevail against us anywhere we are located or not. We are not a church that fears the devil. Devil fears us. We are not a church that attach any importance to the devil. Because the Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 10, 18, that I saw Satan fall. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 9 says, Those who worship idols are nothing, and the things they treasure are worthless. We cannot call worthful what is worthless, or worthy what is worthless. Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Number three, Jesus will give to any one of us the keys to the kingdom. That's number three. You only need to believe what I say and follow it and you will receive the keys to the kingdom. Number four, whatever you buy on earth is bound in heaven. If we bind a demon, he is bound. If we, in the interpretation of whatever you bind is whatever you permit. That is what the scripture says there. Whatever you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. So when we go into the place where somebody is abused by Satan and family is invaded by the devil, we go there with assurance of the key that we have received. And when we shall say, devil, out of this house, it shall be so. We cannot say it and Satan remain in that place. Because what? This is promise from the Lord to us. I remember someone came to me sometime, and it happened a couple of times. And this has occurred again and again in the in the in the, in the life of people who have marital issue. 
A woman will come to me and say that apostle, how much the devil has destroyed the family and stuff like that. How much the husband is terrible and all stuff like that. How much the husband will never go to anybody and stuff. And when he finished speaking, I said, tell your husband I want to see him on Friday. Oh, he cannot come. I said, did you hear what I said? I do not send for a man and he refuse. Go and tell him. And each time I've sent them, those people came at the time as I have said. Whoever will operate in Christ cannot doubt what God has told him. He says, whatever you bind is bound. I cannot bind something and someone said to me that he is loose. That is impossible. I prayed for a blind man in Lancet in UK some years ago. God said he will heal all the sick. And the blind man came among the sick. Everybody was healed because their, their nature of sickness, you can see, easily quite all. And the blind man said to me, I've not, I, I, Alfred, my eyes is still blind. And I said, did you hear what I said at the beginning that God said he will heal all the blind? He said, yeah. I said, he has healed you. But you haven't noticed it. I said, go now. When you wake up, wake up and start saying, Jesus, I thank you for healing me. Jesus, I thank you for healing me. The man said, all right. He went to him. You know, he's a pure Englishman. Pure Englishman obey instructions. He went to woke up the following day. He went around and said, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Came back home and said to the wife, I can't see. And the wife said, did Alfred tell you that you will, when you do that tomorrow, you will see tomorrow? He said, go and do it. He said, this is first day. Second day, do the same. The second day he went, I couldn't wait to wake up the second day. And as he was going around his normal work in the morning, thank you Jesus for healing me, thank you Jesus for healing me. His eyes opened, he saw the green grass. He was shocked. He saw the cab. He looked up and the whole city was clear in his view. He took his telescopic rod, he flung it. And he ran to Lancet shouting, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. You remember when I write any bulletin to you or prophecy, I will say, Blessed is he that believe it, for he shall see the performance. Our bedrock is faith in what Christ has said. Not trying to philosophize whether it is possible or not. That should never be your consent. He said, the fifth promise, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Whatever you lose on earth is losing heaven. For this to be, you must cooperate with heaven to operate this power. You must cooperate with heaven to operate the power of heaven. Whenever you see a mortal man operating in the power of the Spirit, it's because he has cooperated with heaven. What does cooperate with heaven is, if God said it, that settles it. And I put it to practice. If you listen to books that people read, and people write, if you do not have the knowledge of the Bible before you read them, you will end up in hell. For any mortal man to write a book, which is a Christian book, every Christian that reads it should judge it by the written word, not explanation, but written word. The Berean Christians, after Paul, as, as anointed as he was, spoke to them. The Berean Christians said, we had you, but we have not accepted. We have to go home and read the Torah ourselves. And they read every scripture that Paul said. And they came back and said to Paul, what you said yesterday was true. And Paul singled them out from among all listeners. Remember, you have to cooperate with heaven. That is, believe everything heaven said and put your life on the line. Testing it. Doing it. For you to be able to operate the power. Now, the keys to operating God's power. Number one, love the Lord your God. This Deuteronomy 6 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Give your strength to the work of the Lord. Give your soul to the service of the Lord. Give your heart to the love of God. 
Number two, acknowledge the God of your father. I am Apostle Alfred Williams. If I'm your father, you will acknowledge my God. I can see among mortal men, I was not called by the decision of a presbytery. Jesus appeared unto me and personally called me, ordained me, decorated me, and sent me out. Before man recognized it, and he backed it with signs that followed it. Therefore, my God is God. First Chronicles 28.9 David said to Solomon, Are you my son Solomon? Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. We will look at this when we treat how are the mighty fallen. But we must not forget in these scriptures that a few things said. And you, my son, and I say that to every one of you who listen to me, who watch you on television, every one of you who believe that you are connected with my spirit and my calling. Acknowledge my God. He is God. And serve Him with wholehearted devotion. And with a willing mind. Be willing in your heart to serve God. Not for any reward. But for His sake that He is God. If God doesn't bless me. For the fact that I have life in my body is enough. For the fact that I have eternal eternity waiting for me in him is more than any blessing. Don't serve God because of what God will give you or what you get from him. Serve him because he's God. None of you should be need-minded preachers. And all the time you are preaching to people about their needs. No, God is beyond that. Preach to them about relationship with God and needs will not be when they become friends of God. The Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. I thank God and I will say this again. In this house, we don't collect four offerings, five offerings, because they are useless and senseless. We collect offering once. Alright? And in that offering, people put all their offerings there. If you want to put your third offering and so you put it there. It is possible for you to ask those who want to give their tithe to come out and pray for them in line with the tithe covenant. And then you can ask the general offering and take offering. You can do that. But we cannot come to the meeting and take offering number one, offering number two, offering number three. And start and begin to give Old Testament names to offering. It is ungodly. None of you can stand before people and say, God is saying to me that 200 people here need to give X amount. The God of heaven told me that am I a beggar that I will ask from man? He said to me, everyone who says that did not hear my voice. They heard the voice of Lucifer. He said, if I, God, will speak in the midst of people, I will tell them the need the people have, and I will answer their cry. Anyone who cannot say that somebody is here who has this problem, come out, and it is so, and God healed them. But he stands and says that God is telling me that X number of people should give any money. The whole Christian in the world should know they are messengers of Lucifer. It is the spirit of Satan that lives inside them, says the Lord of hosts. You cannot practice that. You must recognize God searches your thoughts. Because after they have settled how much they will be paid for their coming to speak, then they will raise their money, and at the end of it, they collect that money and go and leave the church bankrupt. We don't do that in CFT. If you seek my God, it shall be found by you. But there is a warning. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Never forsake God. Satan don't make people forsake God. It is their choice. Is their choice. 
A Christian cannot be made to sin by Satan. It's the choice of that Christian to sin. Number three, have total faith in Jesus Christ. I'm looking at the keys to operating God's power. Have total faith in Jesus Christ. John 14, 12 to, to 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to my Father, to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name because he's going to the Father. That's why he will do everything in his name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father, you may ask me for anything in my name, and what? I will do it. This session finishes at 2.30. Now, having looked at the origin of CFT, let's look at the aim, goals, and objectives of this church. Number one, we aim to prepare God's people for the work of service through the ministry gifts, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 12. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Our second aim, which is our goal, as our main aim is to prepare God's people, but our goal is to make every member a disciple of Jesus, i.e. an overcomer. That's our goal. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Until we all reach unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, stand attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You must not forget, under that, number one, you can become exactly like Jesus because he said we can attain the fullness of Christ on earth. Every Christian can become completely like Jesus Christ. Number two, unity of faith can only be attained through the knowledge of Christ. Unity of faith can only be attained through the knowledge of Christ. Let me say this to you. If in your church you have a project, all right? If the people are united in faith, when you announce that we want to, we want to buy such a thing, the money will come. Nobody will grumble. Everybody will be happy because they are bonded in spirit. Bonded in spirit is your faith. When God puts an instruction in your heart, many people have received it. When you say it, they are through just jail. Yes? And some other time, God will speak something to you, the leader. And when you are thinking about it, a member has been instructed by God. That is unity of faith. A member will have a need, he will come to church, and God has spoken to another member that day, that this is this need, go and give it to that person. And that person will come, wondering, God, how will this be? Somebody will just walk to him and say that, the Lord told me to give you this. When they look at it, it's exactly what they asked God in the week. There was one day, we received a letter from Pastor Qatar, that our church in um, uh, the Himalayas, at... Um, 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 uh, what's the name again? The Cabo needs X amount because they have built their places to the roofing level. And so, uh, Pastor Sydney called me and told me that, Have you received this email? I said, What's it? I looked at it. He said, Okay, no problem. We will tell the church. But on that Sunday, I came to church and we could not because we have other activities. But in the offering bag of that day, somebody put that exact amount and said, For India. It was 4,000 pounds. One person put it and put there for India. And the people who knew about it, mommy does not even know. Myself, Pastor Sidney, Pastor Qatar was waiting. And somebody brought it. Now, to me, that is unity of faith. That is unity of faith. So, we cannot attain the unity of faith, but it's attained only through the knowledge of Christ. Number three, 
A mature Christian is a Christian that believes, that, that behaves like Christ. That's a mature Christian. These are the things we learn from this Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 to 13. A mature Christian is the one that behaves like Christ. That's number one. And number two, if that is the, sorry, number three and number four. A mature Christian is the one who can operate like Christ. He behaves like Christ. He operates like Christ. Common scripture for that is not too far-fetched. Look at the book of First John 2. First John chapter 2. He says, My dear brothers, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks on our be- on the, uh, to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, <clears throat> not only for us, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now look at verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his command. Yes? The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he says, what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You may not let the church know. When you have a member of the church who is very charismatic, he speaks in turn, turn, ground to, to sky, but he's a reckless man. Whenever the pastor speaks on pulpit, he'll be the one who will come to tell you that, do you believe what pastor is saying? You think it's easy for everyone to do like that? Even pastor cannot do it. He is not... He's a liar. He's not part of us. He's a messenger of Satan. He has a form of godliness, but he's a messenger of the wicked one. Your church members must know this. Anyone who claims I know him and does not obey his command is a liar. You have many of them in churches. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys him, his word, God's love is truly what? Made complete in him. This is how we know we are in Him by obeying Him, not by disobeying Him. Then verse 6 says, Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. Yes. Now, the three fundamental obligations that we have is summarized thus. We love God. We love one another. And we love God's creation. We love God, we love one another, and we love God's creation. You know that our, our, our mission statement is based on love. All right? Then building others up, that's our mission statement. So I talked about our aim, our goal, and number three is our mandate. Our mandate is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Don't forget, all what I've been explaining to you come out of our goal. Our mandate to prepare God's people, our aim, sorry, to prepare God's people. Our goal is to make every member into a disciple of Christ. And our mandate is to the ends of the earth. You can call that our um, vision, global vision. He says in Matthew twenty four fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Something you must not forget in our mandate is this. We have the mandate to preach the gospel with signs following. Because it says that the gospel shall be preached as a testimony. Yes? 
So a gospel without manifestation is not gospel. Big talk is not gospel. Did the Bible say so? Let's look at the book of Mark 16. Verse 20. Lemonade 19 and 20. It says, After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Verse 20 says, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by signs accompanied. So we cannot say that we are preaching Jesus if signs didn't come. You know, I told you about uh, when you gather to intercede or to pray, that you must know this. You, the UJT the intercessors, you can't tell me you're an intercessor if you cannot tell me what God is saying from what you have been praying. Then what are you interceding? You can't do prayer conference without hearing God detailed. What's the prayer conference about then? It's not a prayer conference, it's just a gathering to eat biscuits. Oh, yes. Because when we speak to God, we hear from God. So when we say that we're having music concerts, if the lame cannot work and the blind cannot see, and people say that I'm filled with the Spirit of God, or either, then who are you worshiping? Then it means that you are only singing, he didn't attend your singing. So our intention to do music concert is to worship the King of Heaven so that his glory may fill the house. When the glory comes, you see manifestation of repentance, healing, and stuff like that. If we pray and we say we're having intercessors meeting, and you can't hear God, you ask yourself, what are you interceding? It means that the church can do better. Because sometimes when the whole church gather together, somebody still hear God. So if you are classified to be intercessors of the church, you don't just pray, you hear. So it means that you have to first pray yourself to the place of hearing before you can say you are praying for other people. I will gather now. Which means that you have to take away sin from your heart so that you can easily hear the voice of the Holy One. So that whenever we send you to a place to pray, when you arrive in the place, every devil will start packing their load that we're in big trouble. If you wait, Satan will tell the rest that if you wait and they catch you with their prayer, I don't have business with you. That is an intercessor. You know, in CFT, I don't want you to have a form of comfort when you are in discomfort. Alright? You can't say, I have a form of serving God. When you can't hear God like the people who serve them in the Bible. You can't operate like them. Then what are you talking about? We are given the mandate to preach the gospel with testimonies. The gospel without testimony is no gospel. Because the word gospel is God's spell. Okay? When a spell goes out from God, it has an intention to heal, to save, to deliver. And the approach to it is so winning. Which is one win one. You know, we always expect big crusades. We must emphatically emphasize to our people, one person should win one is enough. And this should be our herald when we leave this place now. If every member win one person in a month, 12 members will win 12 people in a year. A church of 12 this year will be 24 next year. If the 24 people are disciples and they can win one, one soul, the 24 will win 24 the following year. And the third year church will be what? 48. If 48 win people, the next year they become 90. Then 96 win people, the following year they become a horror and something. The following year they become 200 and something. That if the church grows like that, I'm sure that everyone will be happy. Oh, we are going to do crusade. There's a place for crusade. But first of all, one we won. One we won. You know, believers always desire to desire... But there is a person who pour cold water on the desire when they leave church. His name is 
Satan, procrastination. That's the reason why you have members who will be saying that, ah, I was challenged by pastor today. I'm going back to university. For 10 years, they didn't go. Yes, they keep on getting older. And then they say, ah, pastor, now you see, if it was 10 years ago, I would have gone. It's the same spirit. The devil make you talk, and then he come. To speak to the mind, to weary the soul. And a believer must know this. Once God brings an idea to your mind, run, execute it. To win soul is easy for he that witness soul is what? Wise. And the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the stars of heaven. Let us emphasize on every member the importance that every month you should bring a soul. If you don't bring a soul, what are you bringing? We go to streets every, every Saturday. Okay, that is a soul scattering the seed. We shouldn't give ourselves comfort that ah, well, we have spoken to. I have some people who in London here, in England, and they came and they did a questionnaire, and they give it to you, Christians. Go and ask them this question. You are just a market uh, researcher. Thank you very much. You are a salesman. You didn't win any so. They will not come and say that we have won 200 so. They only just ask them questions. And after asking the question, they will say that, okay, say after me. They won't say after, say after me. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. doesn't make a person saved. No, 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 it doesn't make a person saved. You know, because confession that does not come from conviction is a profession. They only profess. Now, we don't want to do that. We want tangible results when we leave this place. Heaven will rejoice at us, and hell will regret. I didn't hear your amen. Yeah. That is better for me. At least you all took coffee in the coffee break, amen? <laughs> Let me tell you something as I'm talking to you now. I have an assignment to submit today, this afternoon. And for that assignment, I must study for two hours, non-interrupted. And I must submit it before I come in the evening. Then I must now wait before the Lord one hour before this evening service. So when I say you say amen, I want to hear amen that will shoot me up. Good. (laughs) All right. You are encouraging me now. The last part of it is this. We have aim. We have goal. We have mandate. We have approach. Now, all these aim and goals, what is our approach to achieving them? Everybody knows now knows that we all have the same mandates. This is our approach as a church. We train to empower, number one. We equip to operate, number two. And we release to fulfill. Train to empower, equip to operate, release to fulfill. Really, I will tell you something. When they were asking us the first question on personal leadership, and I wrote this, there was a lot of debate all over the whole world from other colleagues. <laughs> because this one, we, we got this from Holy Spirit. A church trained people to equip them. Every preaching you are preaching, seminar you are doing is training. A leader must create training for his members so that they can be informed. We train people on this camera. Somebody now is training the audio sound people who is a sound engineer. The moment he came to our church and he just set the machine, everything went good. So we have to employ him, pay him, because he's an outsider, to come and professionally train those who are doing that. What you did to that machine, do it, let everybody know it. All right? In my office, there is a management course that I see. I call the manager. We send him to the management course because if he's equipped, he will perform better. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking to you more about that. You create training. Our protocol, they design their own training. Our ushers, they design their own training. Our protocol went and did what they call fire marshal. Training. We need it for health and safety according to the law to be conformed. And they are certified. The medical group went and they got people to go and do training on uh, first aid. 
so that they are satisfied for stay there. Not only training in the spiritual, but training in every area that you need to get the church functioning. We train people. We train people, we inform them in every area we need so that they can be empowered. You do not assign people to a function you have not trained them. You will fail. And you cannot blame people if they did not perform because they were not trained. It is your duty to create training, check part. And when they are trained, you must equip them to operate. So when we train them on camera, then we must have a camera for them to use it. We train them on digital missile, we must get a digital missile so that they can start using it because a training on use, you will soon come to become an ignoramus in the same field of practice. Are we together now? Then after we have equipped them, we create enabling environments so that we can release them to fulfill. So... Therefore, our, our leadership principle, you can call it transformational and uh, uh, servant leadership. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Anybody we raise, we must equip them so that they will now withdraw and let them do the job. So that they can use what they have learned and innovate. We don't just give them a manual and stick their head into one stereotype focus. No, 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 no. <clears throat> you want your choir... I haven't told them, I want you to be professional, I want you to be this, okay, I give you this. Then they should come back with this and that and this and that and that and we can do better. That is to create an enabling environment where everybody is happy to do. Everybody is happy to improve. They don't feel duress. When you are coming, they don't run at skelter. Because they are afraid of uh, the, past, the, uh, the apostle is coming, the pastor is coming. No, 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 no. If they make mistakes, they should be confident to come and tell that we blew it up. <laughs> we made mistakes, sir. Okay, no problem. Somebody was challenging uh, my reports just last uh, this week when I wrote about um, some of the qualities. They said the, the, when we did personality tests, they said we should write about how those results from their computer analyze us and how we apply it to our operations. And as a protagonist, I'm very assertive. Okay, having written all that, one of my British counterparts wrote there that, well, you know, they are very happy by what I said, compliments, and then he said, but that assertiveness, don't you think it will, it will hinder people from, you know, uh, approaching you? And I said, and I now wrote back, because they don't understand the word assertive. And at the same time, too, they are looking at a particular industry to talk about assertiveness. And I now wrote back that, yes, a protagonist is assertive. But his ability of assertion is instrumental to helping anybody who has low self-esteem. And that's where the assertiveness comes. Somebody who has low self-esteem will be having a good idea, but because he does not believe in himself, he will back up. A leader who is assertive will push him forward. That, you, that is good. Move on. And equip him. And I said by it, I have turned over 1,000 leaders around. People who are pessimists. You can't be around me and be a pessimist. My assertiveness will get you doing something. And I said to them, that is where the confusion came. They wanted us to use one part of leadership theory just to explain what we are. But I found out that, no, 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 no. Jesus Christ was a servant leader. That's number one. But he's a transformational leader also. He's a conscientious leader too. And behavioral leader too. Don't worry about the jargon I'm talking about. Tomorrow we'll talk more about that. Do we get it now? So, we create an enabling environment. Church should be a place that people are happy to come. Are we together now? And to serve in the house of God, people must be happy to serve. In this church, we always do um, appreciation dinner end of the year. Where we give gifts to every department that performs best. Hallelujah. And we have, uh, uh, you know, scores how to evaluate the performance of the, of the groups. And then in each department, they have gift for the best uh, uh, performer. They have gift for the most attending performer. They have various gifts. So everybody, in every, every day, every week, they are watching themselves that if this person got it last year, why can't I get it? That's the kind of holy jealousy that should be in church. Okay? Why we are so disciplined, and if anybody bridges the law, we are, we, we are firm. At the same time, we are not rude. That firmness is to instill the fear of God in them rather than the fear of man. 
Therefore, what are the scriptures that back up our claims? Number one, to train to empower came from Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. We train to empower, to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them, Jesus said, you cannot blame a departmental worker or over what you have not taught them. Then what scripture did equipping them to operate comes from? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. After Jesus Christ was going, he said to them that you guys start in Jerusalem, and but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus equipped them with the Holy Spirit so that they cannot pray. And he said to them, don't go out until I fully equipped you. That's why a, a head church cannot send out a missionary and not fund it. That church will go to hell. How can you send someone out and you cannot fund them? The people sent out in the Bible, they are a, an arm, isn't it? Let me say this. We don't do this in CFT, but all of you should know that. We don't fund an arm because we want to take from the arm. That is a practice in many churches. CFT don't do that. If I fund from here... The mother church, it is a, even a girl said that she's mature to marry. It's responsibility. Women, no be so. When she gets pregnant, then she will know what marriage is. And then all her body begins to change. She's the only one who will change it, who will be change, changing. Because she's the one saying, I want to marry, I want to be a mother. I want to be a mother. I want to be a mother. When she will go to labor, then she will know that Kakino will be later. Let me say something to you. <laughs> Let me say something to you. And the mother now haven't given birth to the baby. Wow. She brings glory to the family. I have seen many children. They are the ones who solve the quarreling between father and mother. When the father was quarreling with the wife, when the wife came out with baby, they call him Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> the word Elijah means peacemaker. <laughs> The arrival of the baby, the, the husband just changed. Because they have been saying, give me my child, give me my child. The woman didn't conceive. Not only that, he's the one causing it. Now the woman conceived. Where the woman now conceived, all quarrel is over. All sins forgiven. Do you get what I'm saying now? So, with you and I, we must have this knowledge. We cannot quarrel with the church. If the church is not empowered by us. And when you empower the church, you was created for them an enabling environment to confidently function. You must create an enabling environment that people are not afraid to make mistakes. They are only conscious. So if they make mistakes, they can come back and say, I messed up, sir. And you can say, okay, don't do that next time. But this is how you do it. Get them back to the field. And you don't write people up because they fail. Pull them back. Failure does not mean that that person is unable. No. He only didn't understand something. He is able. And you must know that there are people who fail three times before they pass. So you must equip them to operate. Finally, you must release them to fulfill. That is creating the enabling environment. Acts chapter 13, 2 to 3. I read that to you before. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate from me, Paul and Barnabas, or Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So, after they had fasted, they did what? Lay hands on them and sent them forth. What is our ultimate aim by all these things you are doing? Our ultimate aim is to attain excellence in Christ Jesus. So that the body of Christ will be built. If you look at this, therefore, I can say to you, having come to thus far, tomorrow we will look at the church of the living God as an industry. 
Because I have to teach you about the church of the living God before I teach you about structure and leadership, you know, methods to approach, you know, in running the church. Because the church should be seen as an organization, which it is. But the difference between the church organization and secular organization, I will let you know. The parallels and the connection or connectivity between the church of the living God and also normal organization. Let me say this to you. I said it in the church that I wish every businessman will come tomorrow, come to this conference. Because, and of course, not just every businessman, but everybody who aspires to be an entrepreneur. Because the things I'll be diving into tomorrow will help you understand how you can start a business in London and that business can become a, a, a PLC. Those are the things I will start teaching you. The whole of tomorrow is to focus on, you know, uh, enabling your mind to understand how you can turn a little thing to a big success. And it will affect also not just a matter of uh, um, uh, business or organization running. People who work in various industries, you will understand how you can easily get promotion, all right? And also you can better your professionalism. Because the better your professionalism is, then you will promote, be promoted. So that people, Christians who have been saying that, I work in the place for five, ten years, they never promoted me. You will know why they didn't promote you. Promotion don't come because somebody went to pray. Yes. For your prayer to be answered, you must have worked. And you worth. And then God can take you higher. So tomorrow, we'll look at that. And tomorrow too, I will leave room for, for questions. Before we stop this, this afternoon, can I encourage every one of us? This is your first day. And I know that yesterday, over the night, you all came in and stuff. You haven't rested well. When you leave me now, you are going to eat. After eating, go and rest. I beg you to do so. Don't talk. There is no group discussion. <laughs> after this meeting so that you will come refreshed nobody must come late in the evening because by today we have adjusted our clock by evening today we will have been normal so that tomorrow now we can talk yes do you understand so because today you need to re-clock re and reset and all stuff all what you have had go and reflect on them uh, can I say that right up please I have uh, sent this to them in the office, and I'm sure that Pastor Fumi will give that to you. All what I've discussed with you today is here, and all others that I'm discussing with you will be joining it. You understand now? You'll be joining it. But where we stop today, you know, is all what I have, I have um, printed here, and tomorrow you will continue. Any question? God bless you all. Shall we rise up together and share the grace in fellowship?